0: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800 593 7491 for your free case
1: evaluation. You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
2: Alrighty then, what is going on my peeps, my my fans, oh everybody just lines up for Rick Dittle, uh, that would be me, you would be you, and we're here to talk sports, happy Martin Luther King Day to you, it is a federal holiday for, um, you know a lot of times we talk about how people uh, in America were great Americans, and then... Martin Luther King is one of those very few people who uh, go beyond just their nationality. And uh, we've had those in the history of the world. But you don't have to be an American to appreciate what he meant and the (laughs) message of peace and nonviolence and the things that we find it so hard to do and just the message of love and respect. I mean, it's... uh, it's pretty amazing that anybody is able to accomplish that uh, the way that he did. So, anyway, um, happy Martin Luther King Day to you, uh, and especially those of you who are fellow Americans uh, as well. All 800 1-800-878-PLAY. We know who our Super Bowl participants will be. And, um, you know, it was funny. After Patrick Mahomes scored that long run, 27-yard run, to end the first half of the first game and the Chiefs were up, uh, I knew that game was over. And the Niner game I knew was over before kickoff. I told you it was going to be a blowout. Everyone said it was going to be a blowout, and it was a blowout. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback less interested in a football game than Aaron Rodgers, just the lethargy in this guy's look, his demeanor. It doesn't matter now because I think we're going to have a pretty good Super Bowl. I think the Niners are going to win that Super Bowl. We have two weeks to talk about it. And the big difference is uh, we'll get to it. (laughs) Come on back.
3: Here's a great way to save money on your prescription medications. If you take Viagra or Cialis, we can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill.
7: Lighting Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Lighting Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's So handsome. He's a genius.
2: All right, I don't know about genius, but uh, I do know now that we have uh, a fortnight of uh, hype uh, of which to uh, do uh, for the uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. And got to say that uh, it looks like it's going to be a fun matchup just because Patrick Mahomes, it's funny, I used to talk about how humble he is. He's not humble anymore, (laughs) but everything that he accomplished, I mean, he's definitely walking the walk. It's funny, there was a a play. whenever players were coming to the sidelines, they um, had somebody put one of those giant, um, you know, warm coats over their back, kind of like the Walter Payton logo, and at one point, Patrick Mahomes came to the sidelines, somebody put the coat on him, and then he just threw it off onto the ground. It's like, someone else picked this up. Now, I'm sure someone would be like, oh, how rude. Look, he's trying to win a football game, all right, and the guy is a fantastic talent, and I got my hopes up, honestly. Um, and I, like I said, there's there's no use in me trying to lie. Had the Titans won this game, I would have rooted for the Titans in the Super Bowl. But they didn't. I hate the Chiefs. I'm rooting for the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Now, there's a di- big difference between rooting for. I'm not a Niner fan. I am a Chiefs hater.
7: Hater.
2: <laughs> Hater's going to hate so you might ask, well, are you a Titans fan? And I'm like, no, I just thought I could deal without all the the
7: Niners won again, the sixth Super Bowl.
2: Right when the Raiders are leaving. The Niners now own Northern California. And I do expect them to win the Super Bowl. And I was about to say the main difference, the main difference is is Kansas City's defense is, eh, the Niners defense is amazing. And when you look at what Raheem Mostert did yesterday, and remember, for those of you who aren't paying attention to a guy like that, and I don't blame you because he's not a big name, Raheem Mostert was a guy that we actually had discussions with beat writers about whether he was going to make the team. And the gist was, yeah, he will because he's so good on special teams because they they thought Jack McKinnon was coming back. Remember, this is a guy, $30 million, and the poor guy has spent both years on IR. His days with the Niners are going to be numbered, although he might walk out with a ring, which will be weird. We'll see. Um, they liked Matt Breda, who was undrafted, and they went out and they signed Tevin Coleman. And they had a couple other guys, and they're like, well, I mean, he's a good um, guy on special teams, and um, I think when it comes down to it, uh, they're gonna they'll, they'll keep him on the team. I think. Yeah, I think they'll keep him on the team. And the guy just went out there, and he's been doing it all year. Whenever he gets the chance, I mean this this is gonna be remembered as the Raheem Mostert game. Another guy who's undrafted. He was cut eight times, cut eight times. Not just Niners. Lots of different teams. Like six teams before this. And before this year started, he had forty career carries. This is why. Uh, he was not a big name. I think there were even some Niner fans who were like, who? Before the season started. But 29 carries for 220 yards and four touchdowns, 37-20 to 20 final, and the score wasn't even that close, really. He's just the eighth player ever to go for 200 in a playoff game. He's the third to go for four touchdowns, and he's the first to do both. His 220 are second most in playoff history behind only a guy who's in the Hall of Fame and Eric Dickerson. The most in any single game in the history of the 49ers, period, regular season or playoffs. He was so good, so consistently good, that the offense didn't have to do anything else. You got a $137 million quarterback. He threw eight passes. He went more than an hour and a half of real time between attempts, his sixth and his seventh. When he threw that seventh pass, Mostert had already crossed the 200-yard mark. By the way, Vegas was taking Super Bowl odds at halftime. Literally, at halftime, <laughs> this game was over. And all like again, there's no use lying. At halftime of the first game, I started playing video games because I knew that game was over. And I took a peek back, and I was right. And then at halftime of the Niner game, I'm like, all right, I'm going to fall asleep because the Packers just this, – this is such a boat race right now. What was it, 23 to nothing? The Niners scored 37 points against the Packers in that stadium six weeks ago. Was anything going to change? Now, as I said, you can have a bad day. Look at Trevor Lawrence in the national championship game. He never had a bad game in his life, and he had a horrible game. Overthrows, people drop punts. The, the Packers couldn't catch a punt. They couldn't even take a snap. Aaron Rodgers fumbling a snap? Who are you, Mike Glennon? And so at that point, what else is on? And then I checked back a little bit later, and I saw that the Packers had actually scored a touchdown. It still wasn't enough for me to turn back. But then I just wanted to see him close it out, see the celebrations a little bit. And so with about five minutes left in the game, I, I turned back. And, um, yes, I was right. It, it was done. But the Packers will probably regret a lot of things about this game, their decision to punt and fourth and one from the 50. And then the, the guy, how about the 20-yard punt? They couldn't even punt. Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions. He fumbled a ball away for you. He was horrible. 9-for-12 for 65 yards and an interception at the halftime. Two fumbles. One they got back. Before he could do anything, it was 27-to-nothing. And his best play of the night was a 65-yard bomb down the right sideline to Devontae Adams, who smoked Richard Sherman. More about that in a minute. Um, but, I mean, when you think about the running the football, and I coached football for – 3 years and I also coached it in, in in England briefly with the Metropolitan Police Department in London. I was a guest coach and it was a lot of fun to do that for a couple of weeks. While I was there they also made me coach basketball to junior high boys because they're like, "Do you did you play basketball?" I'm like, "No. You never played at all." I'm like, "Well, I played in high school." They're like you know more than we do. And so I had to go coach them, sorry. Um so the uh the Niners, they ran the football because why not? They averaged about eight yards a carry. Why would you throw a football ever if you, the old three things can happen and two are bad when you throw? Do you know how demoralizing it is? And I've been on defenses, not in, just in high school and college, where you can't stop the run. It is demoralizing because everyone knows what's happening. I remember when I coached, I would yell out, Everyone in the stadium knows 33 is about to get the ball. 33 is going to carry it. 33 is getting a handoff. And they'd hand out the 33, and he'd go for 15 yards. And it's like, (laughs) ha, ha. You you know what's going to happen, and you can't stop it. Mostert had 160 yards and three touchdowns at the half. Only four other players have done that in a full playoff game in the history of the league. And midway through the fourth quarter, as I said, he had gone over 200, and he's, as I said, Debo Samuel made some nice plays as well. George Kittle basically blocked the whole night, and why wouldn't he? You know, there was a joke that George Kittle needs to report as eligible because the guy is such a good blocker. When I interviewed George Kittle, um, I guess it was about three weeks ago, and I asked about his blocking 'Cause at first I came in and I just asked him about Hayden Fry and his passing and he said he actually met Hayden Fry when he was a kid. You know, his dad played for Hayden Fry. He's just Iowa Hawkeye through and through. And he said, They told me at Iowa, they told the tight ends, if you don't block, you're just simply not going to play. So if you don't like blocking, you might as well transfer. And so he goes, I just I I embraced it, I studied it, and I made it a passion to block. So, look, we'll get into it. We also need to talk about the, the Chiefs, and they came roaring back. And as uh, like I said, this, this Super Bowl looks pretty entertaining for the impartial, uh, to say the least. I'm Rick Tibble, Come on back. Bang, bang, Niner
6: gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang. gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Niner gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Bang, bang, Niner gang
4: you're hooking into foul territory now here's jen and jeff it has been said that everyone has a book in them but do you have the time or the ability to write your book maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003 That's 800-470-7113. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. Your world frightens and confuses
0: me.
8: <laughs> Rick Tittle wants to hear from you. The phone call is free, y'all. Just dial 1-800-878-PLAY to get yourself on the air right now. Call him up now, lazy ass. 1-800-878-PLAY. But
9: I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not.
2: All right, uh, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tiller with you, coast to coast and around the world. Dominic feeling good over there on the other side, and why shouldn't he? He's a lifelong Niner fan. They're going to the superb owl and a little uh, E40 with the Bang Bang Niner gang. E40 from Vallejo. And uh, I got to say, E40 has... Very deftly walked the line between Oakland and San Francisco because he wears the warrior gear. He sits courtside. He throws out the, the niner gear. I've seen him at A's games, and I've seen him at uh, Giants games, and no one has ever called him fake. He just loves Bay Area teams, and there's one less now. But just getting back to the NFC Championship here, the, the complete – Inability for the Packers to stop the run on any level whatsoever was just backbreaking, and it looked like in the beginning of the game they wanted to keep riding the Tevin Coleman train, which they did against Washington against Minnesota, I should say, in the last round. And after Tevin Coleman came in, they put in Matt Breida, then they put in Raheem Mostert. And then it was sort of like saying, look, it's, it's all about me today. Just want to let you know. And then, look, it's one thing if the other team's really good, but that doesn't mean you have to suck. You can be really good too. Can you not? But the Packers kept digging themselves these holes, these stupid decisions, the lousy execution. You're a heavy underdog on the road, and you're just not going to show up. Green Bay was down 17 to nothing before they could even get the ball in the other half of the field, and then Aaron Rodgers promptly fumbles a snap. At that point, you figure, okay, the Packers have been blindsided. It's 17 to nothing, and they haven't even sat down yet. Okay. All right, let's get a touchdown here at 17 to 7. We'll regroup. What? What's 17 to 7? Seven? That's nothing. And it's like, no, 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 we're not into it. <laughs> and then Robbie Gold, who sucks from 50 yards, just nailed a 54-yarder right down the middle. Cool as a cucumber. But the, the first two drives of this game were pretty in, in uneventful. The Niners started off three and out on three straight runs, you might remember. And it's like, oh my gosh, the Niner jinxed. Did you think it was all over at that point, Dominic, three and out with a punt? No, you didn't think that. but. The Packers didn't do much better. Uh, They did get a first down, but uh, then they had to punt the ball away. But the play that Dre Greenlaw made on uh, Williams before he got a first down was also another huge play. And then two big games from from, uh, Debo Samuel, and then Mostert's six-yard run, and all of a sudden it's third and eight from the Green Bay 36. And that's when Kyle Shanahan pulled one out of his magic hat. Third and eight from the 36, 0 game, just about midway through the first quarter. Everything looks pretty even-steven at this point. And it's just a straight, quick snap to Mostard who runs unimpeded in the zone. It was called a right trap 21. And this is a defense playing man across the board. Why were they playing man? Because it's third and long. You're not going to run it. You're certainly not going to run a trap to the strong side, because George Kittle is split out as a wide receiver. So this is why Kyle Shanahan, as dorky as he looks, is a excellent play caller. And we, just, we 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 knew that he was in Atlanta. My doctor said my-lanta. But this is what we know about him. And so at that point when Mostert scored that touchdown, it was basically, I mean, this is the way Kyle goes. Okay, it's you the rest of the game. <laughs> and why wouldn't he be? That's you for the rest of the game. And if you think about getting Samuel on those jet sweeps involved, he had two carries, 43 yards, and that beautiful 32-yard end around, it's like second and eight, and guys are out there. And and this is the other thing I was noticing just as a former DB is how many guys were trying arm tackles but just missing contain. You know, you're like trying to line up a guy. Just, Just get outside of him and turn the play in. A lot of times a corner does his job when he runs outside and doesn't even touch the runner. Like, how could you not lay a finger on him? It's like because I was so worried of him. getting. If a guy gets outside of you, he can go all the way. Look at Mostert's first touchdown. Look at Patrick Mahomes yesterday when he took off. If you lose contain, you don't contain anymore. So the Packers are going to have the 30th overall pick. They definitely need to get Devontae Adams some help on the perimeter, whether that's in the form of a wide receiver or a prolific tight end. They definitely could use some (laughs) help stopping the run. Didn't you think, Dominic, at some point Seattle was like, how in the hell did we lose the Green Bay? I mean, Seattle had to be watching that game going, you know what, we would give the Niners the fight of their lives. We would take it down to the last second. And Green Bay is just asleep. Well, that's on you, Seattle. That's on you for not getting it done in the earlier round. So the Niners are going to their ninth Super Bowl. And it's a fascinating matchup as San Francisco has this amazing run game and Kansas City has a run defense that just struggles. But they stepped up somewhat. To stop Derrick Henry yesterday, Kansas City has the best quarterback in the league right now, or anyone still left playing. He's looking confident and fantastic, but this is the thing. San Francisco's defense is just really good. So um, if you think about um, Garoppolo versus Rodgers, we try to make these things into something like that. I mean, coming in, Rodgers had only thrown, you know, he'd gone over 4,000 yards. Jimmy G had thrown for like 30 yards less, just under 4,000. But Rodgers had thrown only four picks. Garoppolo had thrown 16, or 13, I should say. Ooh, how terrible. I'll take 13 interceptions on a a team like that. That's fine. But, you know, you look at Aaron Jones, a 1,000-yard rusher. Raheem Mostert, who had... 99 less rushes. Once again, 99 less attempts to run than Aaron Jones only had 300 less yards than him. But, uh, I mean, this is the thing I'm noting about Mostert. He's 27 years old. And when he caught on, in quotes, it was with the Niners practice practice squad in 2016. And just a special teamer. And he had arguably the best playoff game of all time. It's crazy. But of all time. So just in case you forgot Jimmy G was a quarterback because he only had four passes in the fourth quarter is the fact that you're just trying to win a game. Aaron Rodgers has 40 playoff touchdown passes, which moves him past Brett Favre on the Packers' all-time list. Brett Favre had 39. But... I don't know. I kind of noticed it in the at the end of the Seattle game when Rodgers was interviewed. He looked like he was sort of like, yeah, what do you want, reporter? And she's like, hey, you going out to play the Niners. He goes, yeah, they're a good team. And back out there, San Fran. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And then he came out. I don't know if it's the look on his face or the – uh, beard. Of course, the broadcast had to show once again the Raiders passing on Aaron Rodgers, sitting there and dropping like a rock. The pick right after him, right after the Raiders took Fabian Washington as Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry picked before Jihad Ward. Blah blah blah. We know that. Um, and it's <laughs> it's funny. There's a little. Of course, there's going to be some sassy face Magoo stuff as well that we will see. On, uh, that I'll talk about in a second, but I don't know too many times in a championship game where there's just a system wide failure like that. The only time I've seen anything worse, honestly, was the AFC championship in Buffalo. I think the Raiders lost 51 to 3. Um, Buffalo, by the way, how they did not win one of those Super Bowls, if you lived through that era when Buffalo went to all – Buffalo was a ridiculously. Buffalo was basically the Niners right now. The defense was just as intimidating. They had even a better quarterback. They had Jim Kelly. They had a Hall of Fame running back and Thurman Thomas, and they lost four straight Super Bowls. So as I said, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. I mean there could be a meltdown of epic proportions – I don't know. We got, but I'll tell you what the the whole thing the Levi's curse. Levi's two and zero for the Niners now, as a playoff venue. But the system wide failure of the the Packers. Um, I, I'm sure. Look, when you are right there and you can go to a um, a Super Bowl. David Bakhtiari, who's all all pro, said, I'm effing annoyed. It's like a monkey we can't get off our back, but I've had a lot of faith in this organization. I got faith in the guys in this locker room that they're going to do the right job and get us over the hump. Well, it wasn't going to happen yesterday. Uh, We'll come back, and uh, your calls, anything else, 1-800-878-PLAY. Happy MLK. Come on back.
5: products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital.
11: A hospital? What is it?
5: It's a big building with patients, but that's not important
12: right now.
8: You was Rick Tittle thought you wasn't, and he ain't even playing.
2: All right, thank you very much for that. Welcome back to Tittleating Sports. I'm your host, Rick Tittle, coming to you live... Cisco. <coughs> on the, oh, hold on a second. Who let that?
7: Come here, you wretched little. Ow. Ow. Get out. Can you open? Get out. Good Lord.
2: All right. Now we're back. Welcome back to the show. i tunnel with you. I literally, I know we throw that, that, uh, voice around, uh, that word around, I should say, or the voice say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Um, uh, my computer, I, I literally have hundreds of hours of old bits and things. And, um, it's pretty hilarious stuff. I was listening to some of them and, uh, And they're hilarious. What I'm trying to say is, I'm so great. That's what I'm trying to say. That's not really one of them. 1-800-878-PLAY. So the Packers lost to the Niners. Yes, a system-wide breakdown. Break it down. Now, Richard Sherman still has a grudge with Jim Harbaugh and he wanted to make sure that everybody uh, knew that. Why does he have a grudge with Jim Harbaugh? Well, Jim Harbaugh brought him in, and Richard Sherman was this wide receiver star from Compton who had a 4.0, and he was this great story about just because you're from a, a bad area doesn't mean that you can't go to Stanford. And Richard Sherman was then asked to switch to DB, which he didn't have a problem with. Remember, he led Stanford in receiving. He switched to DB and then uh, there was a lot of bad blood because um, apparently he wanted to go back and then he kept demanding the quarterbacks throw him the ball and then Jim Harbaugh kicked him out of practice a couple times and so there was a little dig there but the better dig because this is what it's all about is social media. Uh, As I said the the best play of the game for Green Bay was uh, when they were down 34-13 to 13 in the third quor- fourth quarter, and Aaron Rodgers went back from the five-yard line and just threw a bomb, and Devontae Adams caught it on the Niners' 40, and he had two steps on Richard Sherman, and the Niners were lucky that another uh, DB was back to uh, tackle him. So Darrell Rivas takes a picture of his TV of... Devontae Adams, running past Richard Sherman. And he tweets with that picture, Fear of getting beat in man-to-man coverage, every snap, every play. The fact that he doesn't travel as a quarterback cornerback is lame. Accept the challenge as best and shut Adams down the entire game. Oh, he meant accept. He wrote EXC. Accept the challenge as the best. And shut Adams down the entire game. Do it for the game of football. Stop hiding a cover three zone. Now Richard Sherman, who was in tears after the game, he took that tweet and he retweeted it with his comment I would go on in oh uh, I would go in on this has been, but I have a Super Bowl to prepare for. Enjoy the view from the couch. Your ninth year looked a lot different than this. L-M-A-O. And, um, as I said, uh, retweeting uh, what he had. Rivas Island. Now, Sherman, I don't know if he meant ninth or tenth year, because in his ninth year he had five picks and four recovered fumbles for the Jets, um, so he only had did have nine pass breakups that season. So maybe Sherman was keying on that as it relates to being exposed in coverage on a regular basis. But the fact is, even with that tally of ints, Revis Island was not nearly as regarded as he aged. But the years, the wheels didn't call off fall off until year ten, really. And Revis went on to play two more seasons, one pick in those last two seasons, and then he hung him up in the summer of uh, 18, 11 years in the league. And after thinking better of the way he framed his initial tweet, Rivas attempted to reframe it because then he tweeted, all y'all think I'm throwing shade. I'm not. Just stating the man is not a pound-for-pound, man-to-man corner. If you know the game of football, he plays in a cover-three scheme. He does not travel, but traveling with the receiver is not for every DB. It's a few on the corner list who can. And so then Richard Sherman (laughs) found a picture of a wide receiver. I believe it's a Patriot. And Darrell Rivas, two steps behind him. And he wrote, pound for pound, LMAO, this kid has selective memory. So then, like I said, this is what's really important. The Twitter fight is where it's at, y'all. I know, and I'm exacerbating it, but uh Revis opted to bow out. And Revis said, R Sherman underscore twenty five, I'll quit messing with you, enjoy the win, ball out in the Super Bowl. It's very rare these days somebody's gonna take the high road and kind of wave the white flag like that, but Yeah, Sherman, if you think about battling back from a ruptured Achilles and being cut by the Seahawks, of which he was very offended by, which he shouldn't because it's pro sports and I know it's a hard lesson to learn. It happens to all of us, wherever you are. Somebody's just like, yeah, we're good. You don't need me anymore? "Mm, No, we're okay. All right, but I was with you for a long time. I know. It was great. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. But as we saw, I mean, the Niners uh, all year, a lot of teams didn't go at Sherman. He led the team in interceptions when they did. And the only weak link to the Niners was poor Akello Witherspoon, and now he's kind of an afterthought at this point. It's all about Emmanuel Mosley. But if Sherman can do it one more time, it'll go a long way in helping the Niners have the Lombardi party for the first time since the early 90s, and it'll give Sherman his second Super Bowl ring. And then he can tell uh, Rivas, I have two rings. You only have one.
9: We'll get back into that.
2: Because when you think about it, I mean, you only win so you can brag, right? Now, here's the funny thing. The uh, odds are, as I said, they started taking bets at halftime. But it's basically a pick'em, which is very rare. Sometimes you have teams open up one-and-a-half-point favorites or what have you. So <laughs> the the Chiefs, once again, got down 10 nothing and then 17-7, and they scored four straight touchdowns. But th- they got down 24 nothing the week before. The Niners will not let you back in if you get down like this. It's not going to happen. So that is the number one thing that Andy Reid has to beat into their team. It's like if you start off slow, we might as well leave. Because if it's twenty-one nothing at the half, we're, we're not we're not going to just score fifty points, like like against Houston. It's not going to happen. So, um, like I said, though, very rare for a pick It's it's just Vegas saying, look, we we don't know, um, which I find very very odd that the Niners aren't at least a three-point favorite in this game. So, I don't bet um, unless it's like roulette. Because roulette is pure luck, um, and I don't bet on sports ever. I did a little bit in college, but I bet with my heart. But it's just – it ruins the fun. The only time I would bet on sports is those dark nights. (laughs) I say dark, but when I was working in TV, 90, 91, 92 in the early days when we were doing hockey games, Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm in the room as a technical director, and another person in the room is an associate producer, and we're stuck with each other all night in this little room. We'd put five bucks on the game. You know, I got the Habs, and the guy said I got the Bruins, and then I started caring. It's like, woo, five bucks—that's my sandwich right there. I know, tells the hell long ago it was. But um, you know, it, on the one hand, you could say, Rick, you're being too hard on Aaron Rodgers. He he rallied his team to 20 second-half points. Like, I didn't say Aaron Rodgers sucks. I'm not that stupid. But, and I said, it just, it didn't look like fearless leader. And it's funny because I remember when uh, Brett Favre was with the Jets and they came to the Coliseum. And two things really struck out because I was on the field and Brett Favre was wearing uh, Michael Jordan's basketball shoes. Michael Jordan football cleats? No, just Jordan's. No cleats whatsoever. And I thought, why would you wear that on grass? And I thought, it must be a pregame thing. No, he wore it in the game. But I remember they put the uh, microphone in the huddle before kickoff for the offense. And Brett Favre, this is a direct quote verbatim now, let's play our game, whatever that is. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Great, on three, on three. (laughs) Let's win. All right. I mean, I just, well, well, yeah, blah, blah. The hell is that? And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers didn't try or Aaron Rodgers was on the take. There is something about your fearless leader, and you look at him, and he's like, oh, uh, do we have the ball now? We have the ball. We have the ball. Okay. Well, you don't have the ball anymore. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We will come on back.
7: It's not a nation, it's an empire. ready and go. go, ready to go, faithful. Faithful. faithful, Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. feel feel, go. Who got it better than us, man? I said nobody. nobody. I believe red and go, stay faithful, always a 49er. Across the middle with a stiff form from George Kittle. Bam. Oh, you ain't know that pass straight from Garoppolo. Or you dine believers get a sidestep step for my boy
6: Breed. Spin move on truck two on hut two Peace mode Ricky Rod from Nick Bosa The fifth win the championships Game over 81, 84, 88, 89, 94 the Super Bowls We on the quest for six though Imagine this is your money And someone wants to take it from you Who is it? The IRS They want your money And guess what? they can legally take it all of it if they want remember they sent you that letter that said hey you owe us a bunch of cash and we're gonna take it from you so what do you do fight back by letting our team of experts at the tax helpline work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money and we're good at what we do when you hire us you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money so, if you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free
4: how we can help you put it back in your pocket. 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749. 932 1749 That's 800-932-1749.
12: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
14: You guys will wear jerseys for teams that you're not even on. (laughs) But you think you're on the team? You'll be like, yeah, last night I guess we just didn't score enough. Last night I guess we just didn't play enough defense. We? The Redskins don't need you. Okay, that's like me watching Grey's Anatomy in scrubs. (laughs)
8: getting your granny panties all in a bunch we got rick till up in here
2: Well, i'll tell you what there's people in new england getting their granny panties all up in a bunch because tom brady moved don't know and he's prepared to discuss a future with other teams look he has to say this he has to get robert Kraft shaking so I mean, look when you're rich you wear a shirt that's one color but then your collar is white That's how you know you're rich. Like Peter McGowan used to wear that. Johnny Carson used to wear that. So your shirt could be fuchsia, blue, green, and then the collar is white, and that collar is getting sweaty. But it would be extremely surprising to see Brady agree to any new contract with the Patriots prior to the start of free agency, which is in March. Now, I still think he goes back, but he's going to be 43 next year, and... Like his team, the TB12 team, tuberculosis 12, um, they're going to go where they think they can get a Lombardi trophy. Brady has been contemplating his football mortality, and he continues to tell friends that he wants to play until he's 45, and his love for the game hasn't diminished. We'll see how longer Bill Belichick wants to coach. By the way, I finally saw that um documentary about Belichick and um, Saban. Did you see that, Dominic? It's pretty good. Uh, But it's also kind of weird, too, (laughs) because both those guys are so weird. But Brady says that he wants to mentor a young quarterback. Is that right? That's what he wants to do? Maybe just to see him embrace the tuberculosis 12 training lifestyle? I mean, look, he's going to – wherever he goes, he's going to bring a little bit of the Patriot way to another organization. Um, regardless of where he goes, I don't think it's going to happen until a free agency market opens unless Mr. Kraft comes and goes, look, I, I got to have you. You know, it's kind of like. I mean, it's not kind of like – because it's 20 years of an organization. But around here, like Joe Lacob went to, to Kevin Durant and said, look, I know you're out all of next year. I have to have you. You have to stay. Please end your career here. And KD was like, thanks, but uh, – and yeah, I never really felt like I was part of it. So, uh, ah, I think I'm all right. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with, with uh, Tom Brady. But, uh, I mean, I just – I think this is all posturing. Like Kobe every year, his last five years in L.A. I think I'll retire. Please, Kobe, don't retire. You know Brady's going to be on the Patriots. All right, I'm Rick Tuttle. we got two more hours. Get on back on Byline.
4: That's 877-360-0402.
14: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that
1: guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Super Bowl 54, San Francisco versus Kansas City is on the docket. And if you have a chance to go, you should. Especially if you're a Chiefs fan. I mean, it's been 50 freaking years. I mean, give me a break. Super Bowl 4. I don't remember Super Bowl 4. I was 4. The Super Bowl is always my age. This is why Super Bowl 99 is this year. 50 years. Do what you gotta do. My sprouts take people in Kansas City were texting me and, and I was like, You got you're gonna go to Miami, right? And they're like, no, don't have a I'm like, look, just go. Now don't mortgage your house. You always hear the story this guy sold his car and his boat and he got divorced so he could go to the Super Bowl. Because when you win the Super Bowl, it is the most amazing, awesome feeling to go to a Super Bowl and watch your team win, which I have. I've also gone to a Super Bowl and watched my team lose. And it is the most horrible sports feeling you're ever going to have. And as um, a lot of people uh, will tell you, and actually um, it was Joe Staley who lost the Super Bowl with the Niners, he said, no one remembers who went. We only remember who won. And it's true. Because usually the team that loses the Super Bowl looks like the biggest losers in the world. I mean, I just think about some Super Bowls where the other team got Boat Race, and, you know, Tony Eason's Patriots or something <laughs> like wow, those guys suck. They were AFC champs. They didn't suck, but it just it feels that way when your team just gets scorched and everyone points at you and laughs on a national holiday like Super Bowl Sunday. All right, big shout-out to the troops listening on MLK Day and every day here on American Forces Radio Network. Thank you for your service. Stay safe. Come home soon. We appreciate it. You're all great. Uh, tune in at iHeartRadio app. Going on, on Twitch.tv right now. Search for Sports Bioline USA. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
15: The Home Depot has a secret recipe for new kitchen appliances, up to 40% off appliance special buys, like a stainless steel Whirlpool kitchen package for only $19.98. You get a side-by-side refrigerator, electric range, dishwasher, microwave, and for a limited time, over $1,000 off. Guess the secret's out. Save now on a Whirlpool kitchen, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S.-only gas extra sea for details valid through February 26th.
14: basketball seasons are in full swing so get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners betonline.ag sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional sports every spread every total every winner or loser straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season you can even bet on wild proposition bets like who will win the nba mvp Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code COACH55. That's COACH55 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
15: The Home Depot has a secret recipe for new kitchen appliances. Up to 40% off appliance special buys. Like a stainless steel Whirlpool kitchen package for only $19.98. You get a side-by-side refrigerator, electric range, dishwasher, microwave, and for a limited time, over $1,000 off guess the secret's out save now on a whirlpool kitchen only at the home depot Outdoors doers get more done u.s only gas extra sea store for details valid through february 26th hour
7: two of titillating sports you thought it couldn't get any better but it's better rick tittle is back he's so great
16: Check out Channel 9. Check
2: out Rick Tittle. All right, uh, check me out. Welcome back to the show, Coast to Coast, around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. And uh, we're quite happy to be joined by comedian Kevin Gauthier. He is a uh, host of the Amazon Prime Show Comics, Watching Comics, but he also hosts a weekly show called Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber. Kevin, thanks for being on the show, and I think that's aptly named because a lot of it is just a lot of jibber jabber, isn't it?
17: Sure is, and thanks for having me. I appreciate the time with you folks we're going to have today. Yeah, it's fun. The difference between my show and really anything else is uh, my buddy, Gerard Heron, who's another comic. We co-host the thing, and it's a mix of fantasy football information and gambling talk. Usually when you watch one show, you get one or the other, not both, and definitely not as funny. Most of the other guys you see, they're experts, uh, and they're just going to talk over each other and laugh at horrible, quote-unquote, jokes where we're actual comics and we you know, make people laugh consistently. So that's the
2: difference. You know what? I, I think it's cool. I was looking at the places you performed and I remember last year when I was waiting to go to the cellar a, a Barker led me down to the Greenwich comedy club, you know, that little place with the folding chairs. And I just thought, man, this is so cool because, you know, here we are a block away from the cellar, but it's light years away from the cellar. What's it like when you're just, you know, with a bunch of other people, you're not making any money, but you're just doing it because you believe That someday you're going to be, you know, at Gotham and these other places.
17: It's it's tough. It really is. It's insane. It's it's one of the hardest things that anyone will ever do. One because unlike a lot of things like corporate America gigs or life, there's a syllabus. There's a if you do this and do that, you'll get this and 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 be doing this for your life. Where and this uh, in comedy, there's nowhere near that. It there it's it's complete, complete blindfolded. Attempt to try and navigate a maze, and it's insanely hard and tough. And uh, you know, to, to making it "quote unquote" for some people is, you know, is like thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars a year by just road work humping. I mean, that's for some people like that's cool. I'm, I'm living my dream. I'm just out there every single weekend, running around the country doing spots. I mean, thirty-five thousand, whatever, around, right around there. Not really all that much money. So that's. You gotta, again everyone's journey is going to be different you're going to find out different things that you're good at that you can also branch out into with me it became with voiceover and creating shows and such so at I, 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 the very beginning I thought I would just be a, uh, um, a comic and not doing these other things so again, everyone's journey is so different that's what's so interesting about the whole comedy field and everything involved with it.
2: No it's true I mean Seinfeld said there's no grad school for comedy but um, I remember a couple of years ago, Dana Gould was in here, and, and I said, we're about the same age. And he said, well, at least I know how my career went. And then a couple of years later, he had done Stand Against Evil. He had, I mean, you just never know. You're always evolving. You've got to keep your eyes open, right?
17: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, just finding opportunities. Other people, you know, your, your, your peers, your friends, they're going to help you find more gigs than anything else and just being receptive to doing new things and trying new things. Uh, I think people who only have comedy in their toolbox, God bless them, that's just not my cut. I think I'm, I'm a fan of options in everything in life, and I think the more, things, the more tools you have in your box, the more attractive you'll be for other people to uh, want to pick you up and, and do stuff with you and, uh, and, and give you that tap on your shoulder to, to tap you for whatever kind of project you're working on.
2: So, now we know our Super Bowl participants, and um, you're, I mean, it looks like it's going to be an exciting game. I think the Niners will win this game just because of the, I mean, Mahomes is great, but the, the defense for the Niners is just so impressive and the way they run the ball. But here's the thing, we don't know. Uh, so, we don't play them on paper, as they say. What do you think so far?
17: I see why you say that, and I know the Chiefs have a suspect run defense. I really think. It's Andy Reid's time. He's been the bridesmaid for how many years in a row, never getting the Super Bowl except once it's Philly and almost kind of pulling it off. But I really think that this is his time. I think the Chiefs, there's no one who has a quicker strike offense than the Chiefs if they were to be down, which they've been down the last two games they've played, one by 24 points, one by 10 points. I mean, they can, you know, in the blink of an eye, go downfield. That's why I like the Chiefs. I do. Uh, I'm not loving it. I'm not loving it as much as I loved the Pats last year, but I'm I'm loving the Chiefs this year. I'm liking the Chiefs this year. I think they stand a really good chance. I think the over could be a good play. Again, I know that the Niners have a solid defense. The only problem, though, is if, if the Chiefs get up early, the Niners are not going to be able to come back as fast, I think. Jimmy Garoppolo is good. He's not throwing the ball as much. He doesn't have to because the run game has been so efficient, but... I think if the Niners are down by a, by more than a score, they're in trouble. Uh, that's why I like the Chiefs.
2: I hear you. We never know. I kind of feel like, as you mentioned, they got down 24 nothing, and then they were down, what, 10-0, 17-7 were the Chiefs. I think if they get down to the Niners, they're not going to have the ability to to come back like they have. But as I said, we've got two weeks now to hype this thing up. We're speaking right. with Kevin Goatee, the uh, the host of Fantasy Football jibber jabber and, and comics watching comics. Now I know that you critique comics and, you know, I've seen big J do this. We've seen it with Rose uh, roast battle and some other things. Um, what's that like when you, you, cause I know sometimes everybody will give your, you know, think if maybe if you do a tag here or use this word or that word, it's going to be funny. How much sure. of you, how much of it do you like just, you know, like cutting somebody down and yet also being, you know, helpful to them?
17: It's not really as much as cutting it down. I mean, with comics, everything is a, is ball-busting, no matter right. where you are. And that's what we're trying to do, is we're pulling the curtain back on comedy. So when you're in the audience watching a show, what I'm showing you is what the comics in the back are doing, is to just talk to you about the comic on stage, busting balls with each other, and then maybe talk about the person on stage. Uh, it's, it's great. The whole idea of the show is to promote comedy, and that's what we're doing, is trying to give another avenue of exposure to a comedian. So, I mean, look, if someone's super awful and, and yeah, it it can be fun. Don't get me wrong. But again, that's not the the focus of the show.
2: Um, What do you, what would you think? um, Because we've had an explosion of comedy with Netflix and prime and all the clubs. And I remember in, you know, the late eighties, it seemed like all the clubs were, 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 closing do you think we're getting to the point where we're going to burst again and there's going to be too much comedy? Or do you think it's healthy enough that we're going to be fine?
17: Uh, I think it's going to burst. I think right now what you're seeing with some of the Netflix stuff out there and HBO specials, there's oversaturation. And by that, I mean, remember back in the day when HBO had a, a special? That was a special day. Like That was like a, whoa, you know, the delirious the Raw, the Chris Rock moment. But now it's just everyone's got it special, and I just don't think some of these specials, uh, the quality is there, and we're being just oversaturated with comedy, not the best comedy. So I, I think it could burst again. It's also it's nice getting more people at different exposures. Maybe that one special that person didn't do their best, but I, I think it's gonna. I, I think it may burst. To answer a question.
2: You think we'll about think. yeah behind the scenes? I remember like Mark Norman on his podcast said he was talking to Jerry Seinfeld, and all they talked about was. Can you believe that guy got a special?
17: That's exact. <laughs> you, you're not even kidding. Uh, when we get the news like that, you know, when someone so and so gets a special, my friends are like, are you serious? Like <laughs> that guy or that girl really? Like I just, its the emperor's new clothes. I just don't get it. Uh, and there are people who are like, you know what? Why doesn't this person is special? This person is fifty times more. You know. Yeah. It's better than, uh, than other people. But then some people were like, you know what? Long overdue. Thank God they got that special and they deserve it. So
2: Yeah, that kind of found that with Dan Soder. It's like when he got his HBO special, the whole comedy world was like, thank you. This guy deserves it. He should have one.
17: Yeah, Dan's a good dude. Real nice guy. Always, you know, his kind words uh, to say to people. So I was quite happy that Dan got a
2: shot. All right, Kevin Goatee, Goatee, and spells it uh, G O O T E E. Where can people find your? Uh, well, we know we can go to Amazon, but what about sure. the fantasy football jibba-jabba?
17: jibba jabber right now, obviously, is on hiatus because we're not—you know—no one's doing fantasy stuff right now. I give mm-hmm. my picks on Facebook while my daughter eats a cookie or snack or whatever.
18: <laughs>
7: right
17: now, where you can really find me is if you guys are into films, I do a podcast called "Gutting the Sacred Cow," where uh, myself and another comic invite our comic friends on. And the comic we invite on, they pick a film that has to meet one of three criteria. It has to, A, be a financial success, B, critically acclaimed, or C, why they beloved it. And they have to take that film that they hate or find overrated and convince us why, you know, to see their viewpoint. Like, for example, we just had Joe Fernandez in last week come in to do The Sixth Sense. Lynette Palladino is going to come in and tell us why she thinks Pulp Fiction stinks. And I say good luck to her because that's my second favorite film of all time. So their job is to, say, to gut these sacred cows, these films that have been so widely loved or successful or whatever, and, and say, I, this film sucks and here's why, and take it down. So that's on Apple Podcasts. That's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, all over the place. So gutting the sacred cows is another place you could find me as well. But com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff.
2: Just uh, as we leave, one little suggestion. I remember the Oscars died for me when Saving Private Ryan lost Best Movie to Shakespeare in Love, which sucked. It wasn't romantic and it wasn't funny. So have a go at that one, please.
17: As someone, well, the, the comic picks their film. The only, we, we don't tell them what film to do, but I completely agree. Actually, I've never seen Shakespeare in Love. I was very uh, annoyed by that as well. But here's all I'll even, I hate, I hate to do a, be a one upper. 1994 was the year that annoyed me the most. Here's why. What were the three main films out at the time? Pulp Fiction. Obviously, I kind of loved it. Shawshank Redemption. And what won that year? Forrest Gump. <laughs> what an overrated third that is. I mean, Shawshank was great. is great. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, fantastic. But Forrest Gump, nope, not buying it. So, yeah, the Academy has been on the... Uh, my uh, naughty list for twenty-five plus years. You know what? So, I'm with
2: you I, on that. I it's funny. I, I just assumed that Shawshank won Best Picture. Thanks for reminding me of that. That it did not. All right, Kevin Goti, check him out. Kevin Thanks for coming on, man. And uh, when you're in San Francisco, come on in the studio. We'd love to have you.
17: Thanks
2: a lot. Uh, take care, guys. Take care. I right, so I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on. Bye,
9: Call Quit Drugs
4: 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's Uh, 800-754-4531. Playoffs? Don't talk about
14: it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
8: chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
2: That's messed up. Thank you and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Coast to Coast. Happy Martin Luther King uh, birthday um, day. And um, when I was a kid um, if you had said uh, maybe there'll be a national holiday for MLK everyone would have said, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. So it's pretty cool uh, that it has because he deserves it. All right. Um, we'll get back to the Uh, Chiefs, I say that because the school I went to in high school, we were the chieftains, the mighty, mighty chieftains. But we were also, since it was kind of 70s, the super chiefs. And our jackets that we would wear in the rain over our shoulder pads said super chiefs. I know. But it was the 70s, so it was okay. MLS super draft. That sounds super dumb. It's like Super Bowl. Everything had to be super, Super Bowl. It's a super... It's a super, and we'll have a bowl of soup at the Super Bowl. But anyway, my friend Steve ran out at a rally, and uh, he goes, Give me a C, C, give me an H, H, give me an E, E, give me an F, F, give me an S, S. What's that spell? And we all went, Chefs. And he's like, oh, damn. And then I got a shirt, and I wrote Super Chiefs on it. For my freshman rally, and my dad goes, Who are the chives? I went, What? C H E I? And I went, Ah, oh, man. That's what happens when you're 14. So I know you weren't always a good speller. Apparently not, because I wrote Super chives. And then I became a uh, kind of a gr- grammarian snob. I played on a softball team, and we were sponsored by a construction company, and they we were called the Hammers. And on our hats, it said H-A-M-E-E-R apostrophe S, and I refused to wear it because it made me look stupid. Because <laughs> who thinks that an apostrophe means plural? The S is the plural. All right, is everybody all right? I think so. Halfway through the show, another 90 minutes to go. Ouch. Um, Marcus Stroman, he's outspoken, but he put out a tweet today. It takes the tweet um, of someone named Ian Hunter who has video that says, in case you missed it, this is the infamous garbage can banging noise from a Blue Jays and Astros game back in 2017. It's very clear if you listen with headphones too. And then Marcus Stroman says, S – Makes sense now. I remember wondering how these guys were laying off some of my nasty pitches, relaying all my signs and live speed to the batter, ruining the integrity of the game. These dudes were all about the camera and social media. Now they're all quiet, LOL laughing face. And I know there were a couple Astro fans who were like, look, we don't want an asterisk. We want, we want to win this thing fair and square. We're embarrassed. There are some Astro fans that are embarrassed. I mean, hell, I'm embarrassed about Mike Fyers, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, or did he? Because when you think about Carlos Beltran, his dream, I'm manager of the Mets, no you're not, and you'll never manage ever again. Nor will you, A.J. Hinch, nor will you, Alex Cora, two World Series winners. Or the $5 million fine, which is a drop in the bucket to Jim Crane, or a season-long suspension of Jeff Luno, who no one's going to hire again, will they? Maybe he'll get a job. I don't know. Can he be blamed? But, you know, this all goes back to the Evan Drellich and Ken Rosenthal article in which Mike Fires told them that um, what happened. And he cemented himself as the whistleblower in that story. And he's faced some criticism most recently from Jessica Mendoza, who now works for the Mets, the former Stanford baseball star who's been on this show. So the same type of insults on fires now is just the implication that the quote-unquote right way to handle things would have been to go to Astro's management or that he violated a code by speaking out against uh, ex-teammates That's the idea, too, is that Fires is a hypocrite who was okay with the cheating when he benefited from it. Remember, he does have a World Series ring, but uh, he turned uh, his coat upon changing to a green hat. We'll get back to that in a second, but we have Charlie out there in Manhattan. What's up, Chuck?
18: Hey, Rick. Hey, hey, what's going on? Um, I I wanted to talk about the football games real quick, but... uh, do you remember a game the fires pitched for the A's? He gave up 10 earned runs in the first inning against Houston. Do you think he blew the whistle after that? Um, there was a game last year where he gave up 10 runs in the first inning. And I'm wondering, did he blow the whistle on Houston after that particular start? Um, re- regarding the games, listen, I prayed and prayed to the football gods that we'd have a Titans-Green Bay Super Bowl. Um, I agreed with you. I thought both games played out the way I thought they would. And um, I, I mean, I have an immense dislike for the Forty ers but I have a special place in hell for my <laughs> hatred for the Chiefs. Um, you know, I, I'm going back. You know, I'm, I haven't given it much thought. Obviously, I, I agree with your assessment of the game. I think, I think the Niners are a better team overall, but I think, I think Mahomes' scrambling ability is an X factor. The the the, the Niners' front four at least this season, haven't done well against scrambling quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson. And, uh, I mean, the last two games, they basically had – I mean, Rodgers in his youth had more scrambling ability. But Kirk Cousins is – you know, uh, neither of them are your prototypical scrambling QBs. I don't know. It would be – it's going to be a fascinating watch. I mean, it is the best matchup of the four teams. So – uh, I listen. Um, is there any way that both of them can lose the game? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Rick, um, continue listening. I'll uh, I'll I'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: Thanks a lot for that, Charlie. To me, the the worst matchup in Super Bowl history was Seattle and Denver because there's no team I hate more than Denver, and yet. I didn't want to see the Seahawks win a Super Bowl. I had already lived in a world where Denver had won a Super Bowl, but I just didn't want to see it. And my buddy who I grew up with who moved to Seattle and his kids are all now Seahawk fans, like you would imagine. This was back in their first Super Bowl that they won. He's like, are you telling me that you hope the Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl? And I said, I don't know what to think. I'm confused. I want a nuclear bomb to drop on the stadium. Just kidding. But I just, I hated it, hated it. And then the next year, the Seahawks play the Patriots. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, I don't have the kind of Niner hate that that Charlie has. I'm not a Niner fan. But unlike Charlie, I grew up here. I've worked in San Francisco You know, this is my fifth decade. Does that make me sound old? I'm in my fifth decade in broadcasting because I started in 89. Yikes. Um, So I don't have any love for the Niners, but I, I know so many people, blood relatives who live and die Niners. So I said I'm not a fan, but I don't have the kind of hatred. But the Chiefs, there's no possible scenario where I could root for the Chargers or the Chiefs. Or Denver, didn't you just say? I know, I was confused. I was young and I needed the money.
13: Battle against rust and corrosion with PB Blaster products. Two for ten dollars at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Choose from a selection of PB Blaster lubricants and penetrants for everything from chains and cables to frozen locks and hinges. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details.
7: Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts.
11: When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a lot of questions run through your mind. What am I going to do? What are my options? What did I do wrong? We've had those thoughts too. But some questions can help you move forward. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com for an interactive guide to help you learn the next steps to take after an MBC diagnosis. And how to ask the questions that lead to an open and informed conversation with your doctor. Start finding your voice today at findyourmbcvoice.com.
5: products they offer increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term hey travelers do you want to save money on your next flight then pick up the phone and call that's right call because the best prices are not online they're with smart fares see smart fares has special deals with the airlines when they have unsold seats they use smart fares to fill them so you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices
4: That's 855-325-1780.
3: Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames. Rising out of the flowing gasoline. Right. Well, I have to, I have to go now, Dwayne,
1: because I, I'm due back on the planet Earth.
8: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
2: Well, a couple of people think Mike Fires is the man. Yeah, that. He took a stand. Stand the man. Well, I honestly just think he was just talking out of his behind. Oh, yeah, they cheat. y'all. they got a camera out there. And they're like, he went to bed and like, wait, no one got in trouble, did they? I mean, I literally think that's what happened. I don't think he had the foresight to understand the... Avalanche of uh, scandalous accusations and firings, but then again, when you watch the Marcus Stroman video that he retweeted and you hear bang 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 bang, bang, with the trolley, listen, even when it bang bang bangs, it still could be a strike. you still have to hit it, but still it's cheating. you get a little bit of a um Precursor. Now, I did have last week both Reggie Jackson and Pudge Rodriguez, who are in the Hall of Fame, and they said they don't want to know. That ruins their approach. Someone asked me, "How could that ruin your approach?" I'm like, "Well, you you grow up your whole life not knowing what you're going to get, and so you watch the um, the guy's delivery. You watch, try to watch his arm slot. Joe Morgan always talked about how you know we have the ability to slow down time. Joe Morgan, one of the greats, pride of Oakland." But he says the word I a lot. And he did a whole thing about slowing down time. I remember a fascinating thing that a lot of people don't talk about. And this was um, a study that was done in the 80s about cross dominance. What that means is you have a strong eye and a weak eye. And the way you find out what it is is make a triangle with your thumbs and forefingers and hold it out in front of you. Close an eye. Now the thing you're looking at, if it jumps when you close it, that means it's the bad eye. So most people on earth, if you're right-handed, is that working for you? (laughs) If you're right-handed, you're right-eyed. And if you're left-handed, you're left-eyed, Lopez. That's just the way it works. But in Major League Baseball, it was something like over 50% had cross dominance, meaning that you were right-handed, but you were left-eyed. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means if you're a right-handed batter, your left eye sees the pitcher, that you actually have a better view of the pitch. Now, it's just it's a factual statement that it came out that way. Now, some guys, like Coco Crisp, they would put their whole chin on their shoulders so they could get both eyes on the ball. But anyway, Mike fires. Like I said, he uh, he's a hypocrite. He kept his ring. There's just pure resentment resentment for him, and that you know he's not above blackballing individuals and ruining careers. And then he'll take his money and have a nice, quiet retirement somewhere. So he's opened himself up now, and as I said, unwittingly to. Lifelong critique and debridement from strangers, not just those in the Houston area code, those disses that people like Fires, who are willing to trade comfort for justice if he was on a high horse, they're necessary for an honest society, but it's easy to understand why others fell in line or stayed silent. Remember, there were three others who told Rosenthal and Drellich this, but they didn't want to go on the record. There's just too many disincentives for coming forward, uh, systematically, societal. It's just, you know, you do things in the face of unethical behavior, but it's almost necessary to enact real change. Had fires remained anonymous, the league could have, you know, formally uh, just launched their own investigation and found out nothing cj nitkowski who is the radio voice for the rangers uh, sorry the tv voice for the rangers and um who was on this show a couple months ago and he tweeted out mike fires could have easily done this anonymously then it would only would have been a column and then it would have given up no one would have given up their sources but he put his name on it and the game is better today he's not a target he's to be commended so you know there's there's a little love for mike fires right there basically just saying you know he he did the right thing and I, I, a guy who has a facial hair like that i don't know if that's <laughs> if he is like that but you know the question is why why is he speaking up now you know why not 3 years ago Well, I don't know if it's his conscience or or whatever, or just someone asked him about it. Why not go to Astro's leadership first? I mean, Hinch, by his own admission, uh, apparently broke a few TVs when this happened. And it doesn't mean that, you know, in this era where crossing the ethical and moral lines are met with indifference, which happens a lot of the time. But if you're a Dodger or a fan, how do you not wonder what would have happened in 17 and 18? They're been the World Series both years. And then people wonder about the Dodgers' purity when they're under investigation by the Department of Justice when it comes to international free agent market. <laughs> now, I don't think they should really be singled out in that regard because teams regularly skirt those rules on the international market. They agree to terms literally with children who are 16 years old, but even domestically teams who suppress their pay or player salaries are sometimes praised for their efficiency or their excused for their conformity. The old, everybody does it type of thing. You know, it's Tony La Russa. by the way, black Jack McDowell came out and said, Tony La and we were with the white Sox, had the same thing. It was a light. They would shine on a, on a sign. So what, what, fires is going to do now is he's a pitcher with the A's. he's going to go on the road and now he's going to enter this uh immoral and unethical maze because he spoke up and his silence would have been much more beneficial for his career his livelihood and a lot of other people's careers he's not going to get knighted he's not going to get canonized but you have to appreciate the fact that baseball had some cheating going on and now they don't. So I don't think this was any kind of high horse moment, but there it is. Now, the whole thing about, you know, stripping a title, as some people have asked for. Cheating is wrong and cheaters shouldn't prosper, right? And if a team if a team cheated, it shouldn't have the glory of a championship trophy. You look up at the rafters in a stadium, uh, or the pennants or flags on a roof, and if you think about nefarious means to get that pennant or flag, maybe something shouldn't be up there. And um, but just you know, hearing time and time again from people saying, "Look, if they had buzzers or whatever," just the they should have no title, and any player who participated needs to get suspended. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, think about it this way: the Reggie Bush won the 2005 Heisman Trophy. Uh, Louisville won the 2013 National Basketball Championship. It happened. We can't erase our memories. They the games happen. The players experience that. You know, you don't have a men in black pen to erase the memories, right? So but those championships and trophies were revoked. (laughs) And so, you know, they actually played the games. And so some people say you gotta put an asterisk, the Houston asterisk. He said stripping titles wouldn't wouldn't do anything. Because it's over and they played and you can't take back what they were rewarded. Well, can you? With, are they going to have a reunion in ten years? Are they going to have a reunion in twenty years? How would the fans react to it? You know, I, I it's hypothetical. Personally, um, they're talking about this year. The Giants are going to have a ten-year anniversary. Can you believe it's ten years? And people are already saying there's no way Aubrey Huff gets invited because of his political stance. Now, how is that right? But remember, that's the way the world works. Nick Bosa had to apologize for calling Kaepernick a clown. And if you go on social media and you offend people and women and everything else, there's no way the team's going to invite you. And that's within their rights. But let's say the Astros get stripped of their title. 2027 reunion at Minute Maid. I don't think they would. Are they going to have a reunion even if it doesn't get stripped? And and listen, it's not going to get stripped. But it All all you do when you strip someone of a title is you make people feel better about it who hate that team and think they an injustice happened. I mean, we all saw Bush win the Heisman, and he deserved it. There's no doubt Bush was going to win the Heisman. There's no precedent in Major League Baseball for the commissioner's office to remove a title that has already happened. They're not going to start it now. And the reason is is because this is professional sports. It's not amateur. It's not college. They do that in college. And to me, that is really the bottom line. It's the pros. You say, well, why can't the pros have it taken away? Look, the Red Sox and Astros have stained the game, okay? And they were warned about staining the game in this way. Um, people talk about in the old days, if you were stealing Steins, we just kept hitting you on the map. We'd hit you in the head, hope your helmet's on tight, hope it works. We police it ourselves. That's the way we did it. Well, is that really a solution? You take a title away that we all saw unfold in front of our eyes. It's sort of like the home runs that McGuire and Canseco hit, you know, and do do I think, oh, man, they might have had steroids. Now it's no fun. I saw countless Barry Bonds home runs. I used to go to a lot of Giants games in that time because it was a new park. And I'm not a Giants fan, but it was exciting to see a guy go boneyard like that. Do you think any Giants fans goes, yeah, you know what? Thinking back now, I didn't like any of those home runs because I think he was on Roy. No, no. Who thinks like that? Especially if it's your guy. The whole time it didn- wasn't real. Ah, oh, you had a good time, so shut up. So if you want to get the title stripped, uh, lots of luck because it ain't happening. All right. You know what is happening? More show. How about the segue? I'll be right back after this.
4: It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. If you or a loved one is
0: suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
12: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California.
8: wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. All
2: right. Uh, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Emails: is rick at Email here from uh, JJ saying, Rick, what'd you say about the Dodgers being in trouble with international signings? A bunch of uh, question marks. Um, this was something that happened um, before last season even began, or maybe it was right at the beginning. Because um, When you think about um, especially smuggling players out of Cuba and you think about a role these Chapman had to go to Andorra (laughs) to uh, get uh, to defect to Andorra first. And you think about the embargo that, you know, remember Obama opened it up and then Trump kind of shut it back down again. But it's not just the Dodgers. It's the Braves and the Padres. As I said, you can't really single them out. But they all got subpoenaed relating to scouting and signing players from Latin America. And what's funny is that when they got subpoenaed, and maybe because it was federal right there in D.C., the nationals, they said they voluntarily turned over all their documents. They go to the FBI. The FBI, all their emails, all their financial records. Kind of like saying, look, we're clean, or, or if we're not clean, here, look at it first from us because the rumors have circulated for years about getting Cuban players inside smuggling organizations, the illicit advantage that can happen. This is, by the way, the third time the FBI has focused on the trafficking of Cuban players just in the last few years. So, um, you know, you think about those Cuban players who – Dream and dream of coming to the United States. I'm glad that they're finally getting the chance to do it. I mean, their talent was being—I don't want to say wasted—because I'm sure they like playing, but they deserve to play on the biggest stage when you are when you are that good. But for the records, um, it showed that um, a lot of guys were conspiring with uh, Buscones. Those are the ruthless street agents uh, that they are called. And listen, agents here. How do they make money? Off of your talent. So I can only imagine in third world nations when people are more desperate that they will try to make money off somebody else's talent. All right, we got another hour. Get on back.
3: Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
4: 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409.
14: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy.
2: Thank you and welcome back to our three of three lines are open throughout 1-800-878-PLAY. Chandler Parsons of the Atlanta Hawks was in a uh, car accident about five days ago and now looking at the injuries that he's had it's really terrible it's awful he had maybe some uh, permanent injuries that will now end his career. Traumatic brain injury, disc herniation, torn labrum. He was coming back from a practice and someone, uh, the at-fault driver was driving carelessly. He uh, has DUI. He admitted drinking. He had alcohol in the car. He passed out and crashed into three cars. And so now uh, Parsons has retained Morgan & Morgan. The nation's largest plaintiff's law firm to sue says Chandler was in peak physical condition at the time of his wreck. He's now working with a team of doctors to regain his health, and at this time, his ability to return to play is unclear. Our focus right now is on helping him make a full recovery while we also work to hold any and all responsible parties fully accountable. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's, uh, it's a real shame Stuff like this happens, but uh, you know, I don't know how much money he's going to get from some drunk out there on the freeway. But uh, you know, you gotta,
7: you
2: gotta live, man, because you just never know when a bolt of lightning is going to hit you right in the a. I think that's what I'm getting at here. Anyway, all the best to Chandler Parsons. That's really bad. Uh, lines are open as I mentioned: one 878 play around the world on American Forces Radio. It's very cool that you're listening to me in Germany and Guam and South Korea, you name it. Also in the Middle East, uh, anywhere where people are literally shooting at you. I'm on your side, and thank you for keeping us safe back here. You're brave, so we don't have to be. That's a fact. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, Twitch.tv. I'm on right now. Search for Sports Byline, CRN Digital Plus 2, Cable Radio Network Channel 2, and the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Come on back.
6: so, if you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your
4: pocket. 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749. 932 1749 That's 800-932-1749.
6: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years.
5: Products they offer increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
7: Titulating Sports with Rick Tittle Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titulating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is it he's so handsome. He's a genius.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. What do you got? I said right now, what do you got? We're talking sports with you, and I always put the callers first. You know, if you want to get in, and uh, just be heard. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto, racing, boxing, Olympics, could have told about chess, checkers, rugby, cricket. Um, some people were asking me about the fact that uh, I haven't been on the 95-7, uh, game last few weekends. I think they're going in a younger direction. I don't know. I haven't been fired or anything. They've just been going with three guys who are in their early 20s and i 'm actually okay with it because i 've been working weekends for a long long time, uh, but I worked basically weekends there for the entire last decade from twenty eleven till December thirtieth now, even though it 's been twenty days since I or three weeks since I worked there doesn 't mean I won't again, but just to let you know it 's not that I've been fired or that I quit <laughs> it 's just they're trying out some new guys, and maybe the time's right anyway there 's no ways there 's no raiders and Whatever, I still like it, and I still might be back, but let's concentrate on this show. Um, Carlos Beltran, I it's hard to say you feel sorry for somebody if they really cheated, but I mean it's just been such a whirlwind for baseball the last few days, and the science stealing scandal, and Hinch, and Luno, and Cora, and it was just Thursday that Beltran decided to step down you want to say that and um, I know that people have their opinions on it Uh, David Sampson who's insane he has his podcast nothing personal and the former Marlins executive Jeffrey Loria's son-in-law by the way said quote Carlos Beltran had no choice but to say listen I did it I know I'm not going to be suspended but I know what I did was wrong he had no choice but to wear it and he wore it quickly, should he and would he have come out right after the report came out, that would have been better. The reason is that the Mets hadn't decided to fire him yet. If he had come out with that statement, it would have been the absolute end of his managerial career before it even started. Yes, and by the way, Beltron was manager there for a little over two months. And to say this scandal is wild would be saying... Something I'd be putting it very lightly because the details continue to pour out. As we said, we had Black Jack McDowell talking about the fact that uh, you know you've got <laughs> you've got Tony Larusa who was cheating cheating when Hawk Harrelson was GM. Do we take Hawk Harrelson who just got in the Hall of Fame out? Do we take Tony Larusa out? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Can I say that I don't? Um, I don't really uh, think that it's something that I'm going to lose sleep over. There was also um, social media, of course, which is the burning bush, coming out with a rumor that Mike Trout was on HGH. This got shut down very quickly. This comes uh, from a joint statement of the Union and the League. Quote, the MLB-MLBPA joint drug prevention program is administered independently and transparently by the party's jointly appointed independent program administrator IPA. In his annual report, the IPA discloses publicly therapeutic use exemptions, TUEs, granted to players during the season. Since the inception of the program, no major league or minor league player has ever received a TUE for or otherwise received permission to use human growth hormone, HGH. So, just shutting it down. I mean, we to see cats living with dogs. The Astros are certainly looking at some old vets right now. Dusty Baker is one. Brock Walter is another. We talked about uh, Gibbons, where it seems like the Mets are looking in a different direction. Somebody asked uh, David Wright, would you want to be manager? And he goes, I already am. I'm managing my uh, daughter's um, t-ball team. They're like, seriously? He goes, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, listen, Mickey Calloway, two so-so seasons, you're out. So now the list, I think probably the favorite would be Hensley Mullins because Bam Bam was someone that was considered for the Giants at one point, and they just hired him as his bench coach. They could keep it pretty simple. Remember, Hensley Mullins got very close to being hired in New York in the Bronx, when Aaron Boone got the gig. Who did he learn from? Oh, I don't know. Bruce Bochi. That's the thing. I know Astro fans want to bring in Bruce Bochi, and I don't think Bochi wants any part of that mess right now. Although they're built to win right now. Eduardo Perez. Some people say that he's actually the front runner. He's never managed outside of Winter Ball and the WBC. Um, but he's been a bench coach. But he was with a bench coach with the Astros, and it's just it's too tainted. Luis Rojas, the Mets' quality control coach. He's the um, the son of Felipe Aulu. Yes, he has a different last name. I understand that. He was a minor league manager with the Mets. He just turned 38. That's not really an issue anymore. Uh, Pat Murphy. Pat Murphy, the... Brewers bench coach, and if you think about one of the finalists for the Mets opening as well, and if you think about the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates manager, um, do you know who the new manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates is, by the way, Dominic? Just (laughs) take a guess on who the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates is. These are the type of things, as this whole thing falls around, it's a guy named Derek Shelton. (laughs) Derek Shelton. Now, I've asked you this before and you didn't know, so let's see if you remember. Do you know who the manager of the Padres is? (laughs) You know what? It's not because I'm I'm not trying to, like, make Dominic feel bad. What this just shows you that this is definitely football season. He's got a Super Bowl to uh, worry about. But whenever I mention the uh, Padres manager, I always say no relation because his name is Jace Tingler. Now you remember. No, you won't. <laughs> Jace Tingler. He'll get you. He'll not just get you. He'll get you, get you. Yeah, that's right. By the way, the um, the whole deal with uh, this uh, Shelton guy. um. I think it's I don't know. Do you really? Do you really want to get into Derek Shelton? I mean, we could. He was the Twins bench coach. He's a young guy with a beard. Um, Rocco Baldelli, of course, won Manager of the Year, and they said uh, he did everything while he was there. Actually, Derek Shelton's not that old. I mean, he's forty nine years old. But he started off with the Gulf Coast League Yankees. Then he managed the Gulf Coast League Yankees. And then he was the Indians hitting coach. And then he was the Rays hitting coach. Man, my voice is still going. Sorry. Uh, then he went to the Blue Jays. And then he was last two years with the uh, with the uh, Twins. I don't know. it's a weird hire. Then people will say, I mean, Ben Charrington said, I've known Derek for 15 years, the passion, the work ethic, the curiosity, the desire, and he's running things there now. I don't hear Matt Quartuaro's name much anymore. He was a hot name there for a a while. The first thing Pittsburgh has to do is figure out their their situation with, I mean, they're just, listen, 79 wins or 69 wins, I should say. All right, that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that uh, on the other side. I want to talk a little bit more about them football games. Come on back.
4: Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531.
8: The man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
2: All right, uh, thank you, and welcome back to the show. By the way, in studio tomorrow, I will have Gibby Haynes, uh, Gibby Haynes, the uh, the lead guy with the Butthole Surfers, which is uh, one of the first bands I ever played when I was a DJ in college back in the day. Speaking of back in the day, someone who uh, loves baseball and is a great high school baseball coach, I'd love to hear his take on this, this is our friend Stu in Vacaville. What's up, buddy?
16: Uh, man, you're too kind, Rick. You're much too kind. Hey, um, haven't talked to you in a long time. I'm glad to hear that you're on today when I'm off of work. Mm-hmm. Thank you for working today. Sure. Hey, um, I think that fires. Maybe this was all unintended consequence, but and not to I'm gonna use a terrible analogy, but you you're gonna get where I'm at. I don't think Rosa Parks meant to become an uh a civil rights activist. I think she just wanted to sit down on the bus. Right. Um is he gonna be ostracized, guys I hope not, but I could I understand in the clubhouse mentality I'm glad I'm I think you could say these people are saying he's a hero I think that's overstating things but I could see where you know he'd speak out and rightfully so I'm, I'm glad that someone did
2: What do you What do you think about the fact that last week when I, I had Reggie and I had Pudge and they both said you know I don't want to know that would ruin my approach but I can tell you this, in high school, I would have loved to have known.
16: <laughs> you know, th- those two guys are in the Hall of Fame for a reason. They're both superhumans, yeah, right? right? uh there th- th- There's 800 Major League Baseball players, and they're all superhumans. They-, they-, they have to decide whether to swing within, you know, like less than half a second. We can't do that. And, and these guys are the best of those superhumans. So I-, I get what they're saying. But, man, the vast majority of the guys, they would sure love to know what was coming. I think it makes it a lot easier when you know what's coming. Um, and I'll use a high school example. We um, we scout, we, and we have, like, I have friends that go out and look at teams for us and former coaches, and we played a very good team in the playoffs a few years ago, and one of our we had some information that there was an obvious tell without going into too many details. It was a tell. We knew what pitch was coming and um, we absolutely, we took care of business against their two best pitchers and they were shocked by what we did to them, but it it makes a lot easier when we know if this happens, look for a fastball, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just think the whole, it's such a tawdry situation that with the the video and it's not a level playing field. So me staring at the third base coach on the other side, and wow, well, I noticed that every time he touches his nose, they steal. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all that's all available for everybody, but um, the home dugout having the the, the you know a close up on the catcher signs. That's not a level playing field, and that's why I have a problem with it. You know, it's it's cheating. It's not anything that provides a unlevel playing field is cheating.
7: Let me let me
2: ask you this because you know you know more about this than I do, and I'm like I said I'm not condoning it. But even when you do have a camera, and we all can see the center field camera, and a lot of times the, I mean Kurt Suzuki wore nail polish. Some guys, you know, like Pudge would even have little pieces of. You know, uh, fluorescent tape on his fingers. Sure, but sure. you see a guy go through—I don't know—six singles, three, two, one, tap inner thigh, one, one, tap outer thigh, three, one. I—I'm I, look. I don't know what to, I don't know what the hell that sign is. He just called for three fastballs, two curves, and a changeup. I mean, how do you decipher that? Even if you have a camera on sure. it.
16: Sure. No, but but they do. But but they do know because they're. That's not. Unique to just one team mm-hmm. that is throughout the the game, and not only that, there's so much movement between what what they're doing. You know, rather than just putting down one for a heater and two for a hook, it's still one for a heater and two for a hook. It's just you got to find what the combo is. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, it's it's like the third base coach. You see, you know, Wash or or whoever, Matt Williams, whoever going through these signs. But if you look long enough and hard enough, and make note. It, it's not rocket science. You, you, they're easily picked and found
2: out. Okay. Well,
16: and, let, let me, that's what I think.
2: What What do you think? Now, as I said, uh, you know, you, you compared Mike Fires to Rosa Parks, and and I I understand what you were getting at there. But this whole thing about road rules and you don't snitch and all that. But like I said, I I wished that this had been a player from a, a different team. That even though Mike Fires didn't do anything wrong, and he didn't cheat, it still leaves me a little bit uneasy. And I don't know if it's just because I'm an old-school man who was raised in the 70s, but it still feels a little dirty.
16: How do you feel about Jose Canseco's book?
2: That that one made me sad, too, because he was my favorite. He still is my favorite baseball player of all time. A guy who's a year older than me is my favorite player yeah. of all time. <laughs>
16: I'm right there with you, brother. So <laughs> I, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, um, the truth will set you free. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, he got blackballed. Now he was at the bottom of his his talents at that time too. Well, um, well, he's
16: brought a lot of that upon himself by other things, also.
2: Well, yeah, fighting Danny Bonaducci and and <laughs> having Tommy John after throwing a you know a knuckle ball. He did a lot of dump he, he did a lot of dumb stuff there's no doubt about it but he's
16: not exactly Einstein out there
2: <laughs> right and that's why I think I don't think fires like if you if you told fires look they're gonna fire Beltron they're gonna fire Cora they're gonna fire hinge they're gonna get rid of Luno just for starters you still want to reveal this I'm sure he would have said oh wait, 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 never mind but he's probably like I, yeah, yeah screw them what Reggie told me he's like look when you go to a different team, usually you have a little bad blood. Like, they don't want you, they didn't pay you, and it's like, screw them.
16: I think there's some of that, and I think uh, one of your, your prior callers brought up the, the big first inning that they unloaded on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I could absolutely see that. and it's man, And it's different than the guys that I'm coaching because every pitch adds or subtracts from their bank account. No doubt. I mean, when you think about it, that could have cost fires some significant coin.
2: Well that was Fires beef in the original quote was that there were guys who got sent back down because they came in and got shelled and that's what really irked him.
16: Sure. No doubt about it. Hey, um I just I feel bad I have a friend I've actually never met. I, I met him, you know, through through Twitter and we, we correspond. Uh he's an Astros fan. He lives in, in Texas and mm-hmm. I you just feel bad for them. and I can kind of relate because, you know, if we talk about nineteen eighty nine. Mm-hmm. What what do we get? Oh yeah, they're you know steroids, and that's always going to hang over eighty nine.
2: Well, it, and, and it's a little bit different because because the whole league was doing it. Well, not the whole league, but we know we didn't know who did and who didn't. It this was
16: more prevalent.
2: Yeah, this is specifically. One team, and that's why I think Manfred was so b- mad is because in 2016, he was like, look, if you guys do this, I'm no, coming down hard.
16: The Astros should be thanking Manfred for going so light on them, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, I just think but my point was this isn't my my, my friend's fault, it, and it's steroids weren't our fault. We have to live with it. We can't enjoy it because we got caught. You mm-hmm. know, and right. I don't know. It, um Hey, let's change the subject, man.
2: All right, I got a, I got a minute. Go, buddy.
16: Okay, are you, you are or are not going to be at FanFest on Saturday?
2: I will not be at FanFest,
16: no. I find this ironic because us, the A's fans just worked hard, campaigned hard to get you hired by another radio station, and then they dropped the A's, or the A's <laughs> dropped them. And now we did.
2: Well, the thing the irony is. irony! <laughs> Uh listen, I appreciate it. Listen, I the A's are all we have left now in Oakland and and um, I, there's nothing like baseball season and I love so many other sports but my favorite season is baseball season because it's the only season that it's basically every day. It's just I love it oh, and I man. yeah.
16: It's the it's the it's the uh, soundtrack to summer, man. It's it, it's what's going on in the background. It's 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 our nation's pastime. Yeah.
2: And what's oh, weird for me you, is, you, yeah, go ahead.
16: You talked about grammar earlier.
7: Mm-hmm.
16: Yeah, apostrophes do not make plural, and also it's past time, P A S S T I M E, not past time. <laughs> these, these damn people learn English. That's I don't they, know.
2: Hey, go to Vaca High and get a proper education, right?
16: That's what they should be doing.
2: All right man. Stu, it's good to hear your voice buddy. Happy New Year and let's talk soon.
16: I really hope to see you soon man. All right, good bye stuff.
2: Bye. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on man.
15: Home depot has a secret recipe for new kitchen appliances up to 40 percent off appliance special buys like a stainless steel whirlpool kitchen package for only 1998 you get a side-by-side refrigerator electric range dishwasher microwave and for a limited time over a thousand dollars off guess the secret's out save now on a whirlpool kitchen only at the home depot how doers get more done u.s only gas extra see for details valid through february 26th
9: Call Quit Drugs
4: 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
1: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. take control of your financial future make this free five minute free call now to nationwide student loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt
6: 800-439-7851 800-439-7851 800-439-7851 800-439-7851 shaq
10: sports hour sports fans we're talking all the time most heartbreaking moments you're on
8: shaq i said- my husband to get an Epson EcoTank printer, and he bought the wrong
10: printer. Ooh, that's bad. But as far as sports... He bought
8: one with cartridges. Yeah,
10: cartridges are a pain, the but... The
8: EcoTank is cartridge-free. comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. Your
10: husband owes you big time. Let me talk to him.
8: Already taken care of. He's giving me a foot massage right now. Say hi,
10: dear. Hey, Shaq. Nice. nice. Sports, sports. Hour. Ah. Sponsored by Epson EcoTank. Just fill and chill. Get your Epson EcoTank at Staples today. Back to
17: pass. Goes Targeted.
4: He's going down the middle, and White makes the catch. He is clean. Three- Chin strap flying one way, helmet the other. Holy
17: Toledo.
8: I saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
2: You be like that then. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. You know, yesterday during the Niner game, they were showing all the smart things that uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done, and it tells you it's a three year plan. Bill Walsh losing records his first two years. Third year, 13 and three, won the Super Bowl. Kyle, two bad years. Third year, 13 and three, has at least gone. We'll see what happened. But Kansas City did things too. Maybe not as big of a splash. I mean, the biggest name they brought in in free agency was the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, who always seems to be hurt. But Damian Wilson the linebacker from the Cowboys, uh, Shad Breeland, the quarterback from the pack, and then they traded for Frank Clark. That was a big deal, obviously. And uh, they traded for Emmanuel Ogba, who came over from Cleveland, which helped. And then they drafted Juan Thornhill, a guy who I was looking at for the Raiders. The Raiders went with um, Jonathan Abram. And this is why when I look at some of the safeties in the draft, I don't think the Raiders go that way because they only got less than a game from Jonathan Abram. But they also drafted a kid, a wide receiver out of Georgia, named Nicole Hardman. And all that guy does is he just looks like another Tyree Kill when he's returning kicks. Um, He is, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, he had one pass thrown to him for eight yards. But he returned four kickoffs for 86, also a punt return for seven. And then on one play, they sent him on a bomb over 40 yards, and they got a P.I. called on him. So they've been smart, there's no doubt. But, I mean, this is just in the last offseason. The number one thing they did was to get Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's the, that's the, the the deal. And you wonder when the turning point was it's easy to forget now that Matt Moore helped the Chiefs stay alive when Mahomes was out for those two games. And you think about how, uh, you know, going up against Ryan Tannehill and, and, and Derek Henry, and then the, the the Titans finally winning that game. I mean, the Chiefs started off 4-0. I remember they came to the Coliseum and the Raiders were up 10 nothing, and were like, Ooh, we're going to win. And then in the, The second quarter, because I was doing pre and post for this game, Pat Mahomes threw four touchdown passes in the second quarter. He actually threw five, but somebody on the line held and it got called back. So it would have been five. So I don't think we really, at least I didn't, we really didn't think the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl until they went and they won at New England, and then you think, okay, well, maybe we got to take this team a little more seriously. They won at New England. And then the divisional round, getting down 24 nothing, they score 51. And then yesterday, getting down 10 nothing, 17-7, and they still won 35-24. So different ways to get built. Now, one thing to think about when you talk about the draft is that we are going to be having the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl, I mean, think about last year when Dave Gelman, his words, full-bloom love. He said, I fell into full-bloom love with Daniel Jones last year at, this, at the Senior Bowl, and they shocked the world by going up to six to grab him. Who are those guys at the Senior Bowl? Because normally you come out after your junior year, unless you're Tim Duncan or Andrew Luck or some of these guys, basketball and football. But you have the defensive end, Javon Kinlaw, who's going to be a first-round pick out of South Carolina. Top half, probably. Ten sacks. Um, Just the film is overflowing with backfield disruption. He is probably the most watched defensive player in Mobile. You have uh, Terrell Lewis, who's a uh, defensive end from Alabama. Long arm, 6'5", 250. Uh, Justin Herbert, obviously, the quarterback from Oregon. He checks all the boxes, 6'6". He was the full-time starter at Oregon for three years. He does have some tape that features some odd misses and stretches of ineffective play, but is also loaded with impeccable high-degree-of-difficulty strikes all over the place. Look at him in the Pac-12 championship. He did very well. Christian Fulton, the cornerback out of LSU, he's not towering, um, but he has everything that you would need. Thirteen pass breakups this year. People think he'll be the second corner off the board. But I also want to give a little love to Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis is a safety out of Cal, and this is a guy with track speed, but he hits like a linebacker, 6'1", 200. And the scouts are pretty much in a consensus that after Grant Delpit, who won the Thorpe Award and who's a great safety at Louisiana State, when he comes off the board, that actually Ashton Davis, A-S-T-Y-N, Ashton Davis is going to be the next guy. So if you think about QBs, look, Justin Herbert and Jordan Love are going to go in the first round. Just talking about senior bowl guys right now. And then you get the day two or day three prospects. Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma will get drafted. Then you have to wonder, these other guys who drop down, and I'm talking Gardner Minshew territory, fifth, sixth round, seventh round, Anthony Gordon, who actually took over from Minshew and Pullman, Uh, Steve Montez, the Buffs quarterback, and then uh, Michigan's Shea Patterson. I would not spend a draft pick on Shea Patterson. I'd certainly invite him to camp. But here's the thing. Herbert can do wonders for his stock. And then Jalen Hurts. Look, everybody can do wonders for their stock. But Herbert, people can fall back in love with him. Remember last year, not this one here, but the year before last, after his junior year, he could have been the number one overall pick instead of Baker Mayfield. I mean, that, that, that was what people were talking about. So Jalen Hurts is a, is a mystery because he's got a running back frame on a quarterback arm, and then if you think about Lincoln Riley really improved him as a passer because of his system. It's just a lot of people think that he just, as soon as he drops him into the pocket, he starts running. I'm not sure about that. Um, there's also a running back out of Vanderbilt, a very strong kid by the name of Keyshawn Vaughn, which is a cool name. Keyshawn Vaughn, um, who had an amazing junior campaign. And then senior year, eh. So who are the sleepers? I want to give you a list of some sleepers here. And the first two have the old hyphenated name. And this is what I say about hyphenated names. This is just me because I always laugh at players that in the NFL and it says senior on the back, Terrell Pryor senior, so you won't confuse him with his famous two-year-old son. Or when guys have... Um, the third, like they're the pope or a king, whatever. Do what you want. Uh, If you have a hyphenated name, go ahead and and hyphenate your name, whether you get married or it's a shout-out to whomever. Believe me, there are a lot of couples that I know in the Bay Area that they combine their names. They don't want to, like, be dominant with one or the other. Just don't give your hyphenated name to your kid. (laughs) Don't. Don't do that, Alexander Arnold. Can you just give him a name? All right, that's just me. Uh, Antonio Gandhi Golden. How great is that? Antonio Gandhi slash Golden. Where'd he go? Liberty and justice for all. He went to Liberty, and the strongest competition he faced uh, at the big level was probably the Virginia Cavaliers. And the Liberty Flames lost fifty-five to twenty-seven, but. He did have six catches for 60 yards. So why do we like him? Because he's 6'4", 220, he gets open. And if you try to press him at the line, he will own you. He is a very serious prospect. Akeem Davis Gaither, another um, hyphenated name, linebacker from Appalachian State. And what we're talking about here with him is supposed to be the old, quote-unquote, modern-day linebacker. 6'2", 215, electric speed, sideline to sideline, wide receiver-like, but 101 tackles, 14.5 for loss, five sacks, eight pass breakups, and they call him ADG. So, Akeem Davis Gaither. A tackle out of South Carolina State, yes, Alex Taylor, who's 6'9", 3'10", and they say he's the tallest player in senior bowl history. Uh, I think about Troy Brown and how he big he is. This guy's even bigger. Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rhine. Lenore Rine is a Division II school. Ooh, like tittle. It's in Hickory, North Carolina. But this is the deal. If you're good, the NFL will find you. Duggar is 6'2", 220, NFL caliber as a safety. You know who else was, well, I was six two, two hundred in college. I was a D2 safety. No one drafted me. All right. Now, <laughs> who are guys that they say can bounce back into the first round with a great camp? Josh Jones, the tackle out of Houston, 6'7", 3'10". Josh Uche, the edge rusher from Michigan, they say he's a speed-to-power demon, above average in everything. Multifaceted wins with acceleration off the snap. This would be like a Chase Winovich type of guy. And then finally, a couple more guys here Zach Bawn, B A U N, an edge rusher from Wisconsin, 12 and a half sacks this year. And then my guy, Brandon Ayuk, a wide receiver at Arizona State, 6'1", 200, pretty big enough. A lot of people say he's kind of like uh, Metcalf, he just runs in a straight line. But why would you not want a guy like that? 18 yards per catch. And um, people are saying if he has a great week at the senior week, he'll find himself back in the first round. Raiders begotten two first-round picks. I kind of feel that they're going to take Jordan Love with the second one. Did anybody tell me that? Just a little voice in my head
5: that says, The greatness of the Raiders has always been in the city of Oakland. And when I see the fellas... And I feel the love. I know that we've got the pride and poise to continue the commitment to excellence.
4: We are the Debt Destroyer Network. 800 470 7113. That's 800 470 7113.
18: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe
14: afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out and you look for <laughs> reptiles.
8: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: Thank you for that. Remember, tomorrow in studio, Gibby Haynes of Butthole Surfers. It's funny. When I think about when I was a DJ as a freshman in college, I would play DOA. Now I've had Joey S. Head in studio. That mil- the, I'd play the um, Black Flag album, who I saw, Milltown High Cow, saw them Friday, last Friday. And then uh, Gibby Haynes, who, by the way, his cousin works here I know. All right, um, if you want to go to the Super remember I was telling you, my people in Kansas City, I'm like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. Well, that's easy for me to say. According to SeatGeek, the average price right now of a Super Bowl ticket is $9,590. The lowest you can get is $5,727. The highest listed right now is seventy thousand one hundred and fifty-three. So Dominic, I was going to say to you, how do you not go to the Super Bowl? And then I realized that it is about as far away in America as you can get, and you're going to have to pay about ten grand. The average ticket price, uh, highest of all time, was Super Bowl fifty-two between New England and Philly. That was uh five thousand three hundred and seventy three but the geographical aspect is interesting because um right now Kansas City residents are purchasing twelve percent of tickets, New York fans are purchasing twelve percent of tickets chicago eight percent boston five dallas five San Francisco is not in the top five no <laughs> you know why. Because the Niners have been to some Super Bowls, and getting to San Francisco and Miami is a little, eh? Uh, now, meanwhile, um, StubHub is offering a ticket. They say their lowest is 4649 But, listen, the tickets are in demand right now, and usually the prices decline as we get closer. And my old friend Carson Levitt, he did this every year for three years. He flew to the Super Bowl. He held up a sign outside of the stadium saying, I need a free ticket. All three times he got one. Because so many corporate places get these things comped, they cannot sell them, and they're literally giving them away. That is a risky thing to do to go to Miami. Unless you already live in Miami, get a sign, fashion it, and check it out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Coming up next, it's Sports Talk. (laughs)